Hello and welcome to our weekly podcast from Faith Point Church, Auckland, New Zealand. We hope you will encounter God afresh in this week's teaching segment. If you enjoy this podcast and would like to hear more, then you can visit us at www.faithpoint.org.nz. And now for today's message. Pray, eh? Let's pray again. Why not? Father, we thank you for this time right now. We thank you for our lives. We thank you for you as our God. We thank you, Lord, that you are love and that we can't live this life without knowing your love, your redemptive love, and knowing your son that died for us on the cross. We, Father, we just pray, Lord, that, we, um, that you open up our spiritual hearts, our ears, Father, that we can let everything in, Lord, that you want to let into our lives. Father, let us leave this place changed for the better. Father, we thank you um, for all the kids. Yeah. We thank you for, uh, you know, all the wonderful things that you're doing in the back rooms, Lord, all around. And we thank you for what you're about to do in this room right now. In Jesus' name. Yeah. Amen. Amen. Awesome. Well, good morning, everybody. Morning. Those who don't know me, my name is Freddie. And uh, my wife, Pam, my kids are just running around for a little bit. I think she'll be joining me here very shortly. Um, but this morning, I want to uh, ask a question to all of you and to myself as well. I'm going to ask it at the start. I'm going to ask it again at the end. So, let's begin. Let's take a real good look at your life right now, where you are right now. Look at, look at your bank account. Look at the clothes that you're wearing. Look at the car that you're driving. Look at the house that you're living in right now. Look at all the relationships. Look at your face. Look at your body. All these things that we see all around us in the natural world, right? And think for a minute, what are all those things going to look like in 150 years' time? Fast forward 150 years, what's that going to look like? Will there be a few scratches, a few dents, a few bruises? Will the things that you, the buildings that you used to go to, or the streets you used to walk or to drive, will they still be there? Will they look a bit different? You know, will they be down to ashes? Will there be new buildings? Will be whatever. My guess is that a lot of the things that you might have just brought up in your life will not look the same in 150 years' time. 2 Corinthians 4.18 says, We do not look at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen. For the things which are seen are temporary, but the things which are not seen are eternal. So I get it. I totally get it, right? We need stuff. We like stuff. We like to have the latest whatever. Apple phone, Apple watch, whatever. We like the gadgets and the gizmos, and we like to live a comfortable life, and that's okay. But my question here today is, how are you looking? What are the things that is taking up your sight or your vision at the moment? What are the things that you are looking at to trust for tomorrow and for the, for the day after? Now, I know that we're all sanctified believers in here, right? You know, we don't look to the right or to the left. You know, we've thrown everything that hinders us, that catches up in life. But in all seriousness, what is taking up your vision here today? So as believers, we need to develop our eternal sight, which is not about enduring our time here on earth. It's not about surviving, but it's about thriving. It's important that we do not live our life visually impaired. Do we have any visually impaired people here this morning? Finding hard to see. (laughs) 
pen. Can I ask for a glass of water? Yeah. <laughs> Cheap shot, I know. Now, 2 Kings 6, 15 to 18 says, When the servant of the man of God, this is Elijah, right? Elisha. Who knows Elisha in the Bible? Nobody. Okay. Are you guys awake? Come on. Say amen. amen. Okay, good. You're awake. When the servant of the man of God got up and went out early the next morning, an army with horses and chariots had surrounded the city. The servant says, Oh no, my Lord, what shall we do? Don't be afraid, the prophet answered. Those who are with us are more than those who are with them. And Elijah prayed, Open his eyes, Lord, so that he may see. Then the Lord opened the servant's eyes, and he looked and saw the hills full of horses and chariots of fire all around Elisha. As the enemy came down towards him, Elisha prayed to the Lord, Strike this army with blindness. So he struck them with blindness. As Elisha had asked. Now just imagine you're this servant and you're hanging out with this man of God. And all of a sudden your eyes just get opened. And you're seeing what's really what around you. You must feel invincible. You must feel like a Marvel Avenger. You're like, you know exactly where your enemies are. You know exactly that the people that are here in the angelic realm are far greater and bigger than the people that are here in the natural realm. Amen. So what Elisha's faith and his prophetic sight taught this young man is that if he can just change the way that he sees from looking at your temporal circumstances to the internal vision that God has for you from the heavenly realm, how you can live your life without fear. This guy was turning up with fear and Elisha just showed him that up to this point you've been driven by fear. But now that you see things that are really for what they are, imagine how you can live your life now. So how much of our lives every day are dictated by fear? Because we don't have that eternal or heavenly vision that we should be having. Amen? Look at this. Look at me. You know, I, pull, I, I won't do this. I have this trick where I pull my skin really wide and my kids go, ah! But, you know, this stuff here is going to vanish. It's going to disappear. You know, this lovely beard that I've been grooming, it's going to go. You know, just like my hair up here is already gone. (laughs) But you know what I mean? Like, we put so much confidence in what we see, how we look, what we dress, what car we drive, what socioeconomic status we have, how much money we have in the bank account. You can't take that with you. We all know that. Okay? So where are you putting your bank? Where are you investing into And it's okay to have money, you know? Everybody likes all those nice stuff, but what are you putting your value on in life, really, when it comes down to it? So, this servant was living a life of fear, or was living out of fear, perhaps. What does fear do? Fear will inhibit us naturally and supernaturally. We see our circumstances and hardships as greater than our Father. And his plans for our life. Fear is the opposite of faith and it will cause us to see only the here and the now and will rob us of the glorious adventure living a life of faith can be. You know, once I went for a trip with my dad about five years ago and all we did was we just bought a $400 ticket to Simone back. We had no idea what we we're going to do. We just hopped in the plane. We didn't have any accommodation booked, nothing. And we loved it because we were just two boys just going on a plane 
you know, we just said, look, if all, if all else fails, we'll just sleep under the stars. I mean, how bad can it be? We thought, you know, we thought the islands are a pretty safe place. We come from Africa uh, where it's not so safe. And uh, I guess a bit of arrogance, a bit of pride. I don't know. We just thought, you know what? We feel like God's going to protect us there. You know, no snakes, no scorpions, no, no hyenas. And um, we hopped in the plane and we just said to this lovely Samoan gentleman, and we just said, look, we've got this tourist map here. Um, where should we go? And he said, oh, go here, 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 here. A week later, on flying back, we had been to all these spots that he said we should go to, and we just happened to come across them. We didn't even plan to get there. We just happened to hitchhike, and we got taken to the bush by these pastors, and they were giving us all this food, and we just hop, you know, we go back on the road and hitchhike again. We didn't organize any cars, nothing. We just, by the grace of God, he just gave us this wonderful holiday because we were just willing to say, God, you take us where you want to take us. But because we live in this realm of fear or this belief of fear sometimes that we think, well, we got to account for everything. So we have to plan it down to the hilt. Because if we don't set an expectation, if we don't feel like we've got to cover it, then we're not going to get it and things are going to go wrong. Okay? So sometimes we just got to put our expectations in God and trust that what God has for us is far greater than all our little plans and details can do for our own plans. It's like, oh God, you know, I need this, I need to do this. This is like my steps that I go through life. And if I'm here at this age and I'm here at this age, and, da, 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 and then I'll be fine. I'll have my nest egg. I can retire and my kids will be sorted out for. But we've got to trust God. And what God can do is far greater. And don't you think going on an adventure with God is far better than yeah. living a pre- yeah. life that you think you, yes. that you can predict for yourself? It is, impossible to have, uh, de- it is impossible to develop faith when you are a negative person. Who knows those negative people that just, you know, they don't look at the donut, they look at the hole in the donut. <laughs> yeah, but there's a hole in this donut. <laughs> Rather than being generous, this is what fear does. Rather than being a gener- generous person and knowing that you have an awesome provider, we hold on so tightly to our earthly possessions. Rather than being selfless, following Jesus' example, we will be selfish and always be looking out for number one and miss out on so much. Rather than experience His awesome presence and His supernatural power, we will live a dry and religious life where the miracles of the book of Acts stopped 2,000 years ago. Religion is predictable. God and His Holy Spirit is not. So, let's look at three ways of how we can change the way we look in life. I don't know what my title of my message will be yet, but I was, my, I was thinking about how are you looking? Good looking. <laughs> so, let's look at three ways that we should look or have an outlook in life. Okay. Number one, have faith in God. This is what Elisha did, right? He had faith in God. If it wasn't for his faith... He would not have been able to have guided that young servant that day to have his eyes opened and to enable him to see the way that we should really be seeing in our lives. So have faith in God. We live in a world where increasingly it's becoming harder to ask the question, how are you really doing? How you going, mate? Oh, good. Oh, yeah. But really, when you look in somebody's eyes and say, how are you doing? How are you really doing? 
Because we don't often ask the question because either maybe we don't have the time or because really maybe because we don't want to hear a real answer. Because if we hear a real answer, it might freak you out a bit. But you know what? If we know that there's a real God that has the answer, we will not be afraid to ask the real question because we're not afraid you know, of what the answer might be from the person because we know that we serve a great God. You know, there's all that surface stuff that I don't like, you know. I like to get down to the nitty-gritty and give people the opportunity to say, you know, how are you really doing? Because we see people all the time. But you know what? You don't have to have the answer. God does. If you've got a friend who's going through some stuff and you know that he's going through some stuff, ask him, how are you really doing? You know, like we've got this course coming up. How is your soul? And speak some truth into them. You don't have to give them any wisdom. Just tell them, you know what? God loves you. He's yeah. got good things for you. Yeah. Don't give up. Move forward. Yeah. Good. Number two, Elisha displayed prophetic insight. And this is excellent timing, actually, because we got this course that's coming up. And um, I would definitely highly recommend you know, anyone and everyone to go on that course. Because prophetic insight is, um, which is, uh, we're going to learn about the prophetic and all these great things, is um, something that every Christian should have because that allows us to live. That's one of the key things here that I'm talking about that helps to uh, live a life from the realm of heaven. Yes. Okay? Yes. The word prophecy, what does it mean? It means to bring forth. You know, when, I, when you're watching, when I was a little kid, when you're watching these movies, it was all at Merlin or all these kind of, all these. It was always this one person that would talk about, oh, he's the chosen one or whatever, you know. But the prophetic is a gift that God can either give to you. There's a spiritual gift that God can give to you. Or it can happen through times of revelation with the Holy Spirit. So you might be somebody that has a prophetic gift. Or how we see sometimes when people are coming up, you might be functioning when the Holy Spirit, when the anointing is there, God might function through you um, at a certain time and at a certain place. Number three. Know your God. Elisha knew his God. Read your Bible. Very important. You know, I was, I've been driving early in the morning in the work, and I've got this little app, and you just push play on the app, and it just talks to you. And I, I'm the kind of person that if you, I always think, God, if I'm listening to the Word of God, am I not cheating you a little bit? Should I not be reading it? You know, um, but we live in this day and age where we're able to do that. But, you know, I felt to myself, you know what, I actually felt still imparted to uh, and soaked on by the Word of God as I was driving because, you know, I always felt that, well, we learn better when we read something and maybe it's more imprinted into your brain. But um, luckily we have this technology in today's age where in any shape or form we have to get the Word of God in us. So as I was driving, I was just feeling so edified. So whatever way it is that you choose to do it, I encourage you guys to read your Bible. So I go swimming with my kids quite a lot, and um, they have lessons uh, on a Monday evening and on a Tuesday morning. And when we go swimming, um, the kids are wearing these goggles, and my little Benjamin boy, he's got these blue goggles that he puts on, and I've got these orange goggles that I put on. And so when we go swimming, we have a lot of fun, and sometimes I will put on his blue goggles, they're totally too small for my head, but I'll put them on because if I can't find my one. And you put these goggles on, and they're blue, like it's tinted blue. So if you're looking at the world all around you, everything is blue, right? You go into the water, and everything is blue because the water is, is mostly blue down there. 
And, um, but my goggles are, have orange goggles, are orange. So if I put those on, I look at the world around me and everything is just this orange color. But when I go down under the water, everything, all the color is normalized. Because the water is blue and my glasses are orange, I can see everything, I can see the color spectrum as everything's put back into place and I can see all the normal colors. So my point is here is what is the type of filter that you look through in your life? Because if we don't know what God's perspective is, then we're always looking through a tainted filter in our life. See, if you don't know the truth, then what are you measuring your life or your experience against? If you don't learn the truth of God and you don't read your Bible or you don't spend time with Him, your filter of what you're looking through is going to always be through your experience that you've always had. And they, if those experiences haven't been sanctified in your life, meaning if you haven't had those, uh, that sanctification, um, sanctified process where now you've got the correct filters to see things and the true colors of what it really should be, you're always going to be judging from a wrong point. And look... We don't want to be judges anyway, but what I'm saying is, is what is the perspective that you're looking from? If you're looking at the situation and God's wanting you to have prophetic insight, but you haven't had your mind renewed, you haven't had your spirit renewed, you're always going to be coming and looking at a situation that's not, that's just a little bit off kilter. And God is wanting us to, um, He's wanting us to have our eyes and our hearts, all of that renewed, Amen. The type of filter of, of life that which you look through is strengthened by your knowing your God. The way you look through life is an indication of how closely you walk with God. This will hugely impact your spiritual maturity in faith and spiritual accuracy and prophecy. David prayed in the psalm, Search me, O Lord, for any iniquity. And if we're willing to have Jesus change us, then he will give us the fortitude and spiritual perceptiveness to lovingly see into external situations and provide the spiritual tools on how to combat them. You know, isn't it amazing how you can look at experiences before you got saved and after you got saved and you look at it completely different and you see things like for what's really what? And that's what God wants to do in every circumstance is to give us that 2020 vision into our lives. Because if we don't, then we're always going to make the same Decisions, we're always going to keep walking around the mountain and never go up the mountain. Matthew 6, 22 to 23 says, The light of the body is the eye. Therefore, if your eye is clear, your whole body will be full of light. But if your eye is unclear, your whole body will be full of darkness. Therefore, if the light that is in you is darkness, how great is that darkness? So again, I ask you, how are you looking? So going back to that scripture, 2 Kings 6, the three things that Elisha displayed was he had faith in God. He was standing there with his servant. His servant was shaking in his boots, had no idea what was going on, but Elisha could see in the spirit. He had faith in his God. He had prophetic insight. And he knew who his God was. He knew that his God was with him that day. So, I've got a few notes and I'll just read this as I'm closing up. Are we so bound by what we see in the flesh that we don't allow room for what the Spirit is saying and doing? 
Because that's part of it. If we keep living from our fleshly carnal sights, and I'm not saying, look, I'm not saying that any of us are carnal or fleshly beings. I'm just saying, how are you looking today? Because the Holy Spirit wants to do so much more in our lives. Amen. There's a quick story. There's a lady. Her name is Sue Ellen Lovett. Who's heard of this person? Pam has. And credit to Pam for, um, for showing me this. She's a Paralympian horse dressage rider, and she competes with regular, I guess do you call it, regular competitions, able-bodied comp- competitions, and dressage is where the horses run really fast, and they'll slow down, they do some trotting, and you know, go in circles and things like that. Maybe not the type of sport that you choose to watch on a Saturday morning, I don't know, but um, she is blind. And she competes in the Paralympics. And she competes blind against able-bodied people. She can't see. The horse obviously can see. But the people that she's competing against, they can all see. And so she's competing against these other able-bodied people. And she wins. She wins the top prize. Isn't that amazing? So she has learned that through her, I guess... In our terms, we would say her disability to allow to use her other senses that are now heightened to help steer this horse or whatever, maneuver all these things. And she just completely trusts this horse. And she's reported to have said that every time she gets on the horse, she is frightened. Because she doesn't know if she's going to get thrown off or whatever. But time after time, she would win this competition. And isn't that amazing? You know, if you take that picture and think, okay, we trust God and we sit on, she sits on this horse and this horse is like God in our lives and we don't have to or feel like we need to rely on our natural senses. We need to tune in into the other senses that God wants us to use in our lives because we are spirit beings. And in all frankness, sometimes our spirit is the last thing that we give attention to at the end of the day. We wake up and we feed our mouths, we put things in our bodies and we think about what we're going to do, we might plan, but really how much time do we take every day to really invest in our spirit? So let's change the way that we look today. We trust in God, we go after Him, seek Him, and let's live the way that heaven intended. Amen? Amen. So I'll leave you with one last scripture. It's Ephesians 1.18. I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened. So that you will know what is the hope of his calling, what are the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints. All right. Thank you, everybody.